it's it's time for us to stop looking for heroes and uh, become the hero that we're looking for and l- seek guides that are going to help us become that hero. And that's really what I love being the guide on the side. You're listening to the High Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Meredith Wadsworth. From understanding your lifestyle choices to your limiting beliefs, living your best life starts with honoring yourself every day. It is my hope to fill each episode with information and inspiration to guide you towards living your own intuitive, intentional, and fulfilling high life. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the High Life Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm Meredith, and it's nice to be back after a little break. Um, I went and the the little bit of travel that I'm allowed to do right now as I'm in the U.S. and unfortunately the U.S. is not allowed to go many places at all at the moment. Um, I was still able to go away for the 4th of July with my family. Um, we go to Block Island for uh, usually a few weekends during the summer and particularly during the 4th of July and it's just a nice tradition um, and a great place to just get back in touch with nature, get near the water. Um, all that good stuff. So coming back and feeling pretty refreshed and really excited to share this episode today with Dr. Nima Ramani. Dr. Nima is a chiropractor who's been working for over 20 years with patients and his approach um, is extremely interesting and unique. So he, as he'll explain in the episode, he started noticing with a lot of his clients that um, there was this continued pattern of stress being the root cause of their physical symptoms, um, which is nothing new to the topics of this podcast. Um, But it's really nice to have his perspective, a clinical perspective behind how things like stress, trauma, anxiety, um, particularly from when we were much younger, from maybe even um, subconscious, you know, experiences, subconscious programming, and how that can lead to current anxieties, current physical pain, um, and how we can go about healing that, healing our past to heal the present and create a future that really aligns with us and where we're not holding ourselves back to create relationships that are really meaningful, purposeful, and um, that are a place for healing for both partners um, and and even outside romantic relationships, but for your family, um, for your children, and for your greater community. We really touch on how this topic relates to what's going on in the current um, climate around social justice issues, and I just think it's a really fascinating um, topic that you guys will really enjoy. So with that, we'll dive right in, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Dr. Nima, thank you so much for joining us today. It's good to be here, Meredith. I'm loving the... um the idea of this conversation we just chatted with and chatted just before. And so I really look forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah, me as well. Um, I, I'm really, really fascinated and intrigued by the fact that you have a background in um, chiropractic. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what you call it. Um, chiropractic. Yeah. Chiropractic. chiropractic. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wondered what that term would be. Mm-hmm. Um but, and, and I'm so curious how you've sort of evolved your practice and your coaching from, um, being based in, in the body to mm-hmm. what I'm seeing more of on your social feeds being a lot about the 
energetic self and how they relate to each other. And I think Mm. that's such an interesting conversation and something that is continually increasingly talked about um, in the wellness space. But um, I love the point of view of of someone who's a real practitioner. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would love to, to kind of start with with yeah. how you've evolved from one to the other. Yeah, it's been uh, 20 years that I've been a chiropractor and um, it's just everybody coming in to see me was dealing with a stress-related issue, right? Like you coming, if you've ever gone to a chiropractor before, you know, usually it's because of a back problem or a neck issue or, uh, you know, just general tension in your body. Things are not comfortable. So when you're coming, uh, just over periods of time, you start to see patterns with patients. And uh, over time, I, I studied my own personal development because I was, you know, I dealt with a lot of racism and bullying as a teenager. So I was dealing with a lot of low self-esteem issues. So I studied my own personal development and I always thought that that was separate from chiropractic. That was just my own personal growth. And then mm-hmm. as I started uh, deepening in my profession and having more and more years of experience, it was undeniable that the reason why everybody was coming in wasn't just a physical ailment, that if we just keep going upstream, you ask what's what's going on and stress was the main cause of it, right? And if you ask, you know, what's really stressing you, what do you think it is? A number of things, trauma, relationships, Exactly. And so relationship breakdowns, traumas from the past, these all came up as patterns. And I would notice that the patients that, um, you know, address those issues uh, had better outcomes. And I wanted to have a, a way where I could address it. So after I lost a patient after a heart attack, that was the wake up. That was about 10, 15 years, 12 years ago. That was the wake up call that I needed to start creating a little workshop in my office on Saturday mornings called Life Skills for a Stressful World, where I taught them tools in how to manage when adversity was coming, uh, relationship breakdowns, uh, arguments, patterns, that kind of thing. And long story short, that three-hour Saturday morning um, workshop turned into a three-day, over 10 years, is now turned into a three-day live event where wow. I do cognitive tools to clear uh, you know, stories, but also somatic tools in the body where we don't feel safe because of our traumas. It's stored in the body. The body keeps the score. So I give through breath work and through somatic tools to change the story both cognitively and somatically with probably one of the most comprehensive comprehensive uh, tools to help clear trauma and help uh, push you past resistance of life, whether it be external resistance or internal resistance, to be able to self-assess, identify, and and kind of move, move that through. So that three-day live event, because of the coronavirus, is now turned into kind of virtual retreats, virtual mm-hmm. events, and I also have online programs where I teach tools how to uh, change uh, the stories of the past and how to take trauma and stress and use these tools to self-regulate. So it's really about self-regulation of the nervous system now. So my career as a chiropractor went from you know physical ailments to now teaching tools. I have a global community of self-healers where we're all learning tools to self-regulate our nervous systems. And then when you do that, you can then create conscious relationships with others where you can learn how to co-regulate with another person. And so 
self-regulation and co-regulation are the, are, are my jam now. And, uh, I do them, you know, one-on-one we have group and, uh, it's just self-healing. Wow. I've never heard that term before co-regulation. Yeah. What? You will now. You will a lot. If you haven't I, heard I it yet, so. <laughs> it's going to be the thing. Uh, this is the, this is the key to a, a true conscious relationship, where you have two people who understand the nervous system so well that they're able to self-assess where they're at. Okay, so you have different phases in your nervous system. When you are in a state of uh, of connection, you feel safe. The part of your nervous system that's firing, it's called the ventral vagal nervous system. So this is the yeah, polyvagal. I know the theory. vagus nerve. Yeah. yeah. The ventral vagal is connection. You know, you can see it in your face. You know, when somebody's glowing, that person who's glowing, you know, you see like, wow, you know, I feel connected. I feel compassion. I feel joy, that kind of thing. That's when the ventral vagal nervous system is, is firing. When you get triggered and activated, you'll then go into sympathetic fight or flight. And then you start to go into anger, you go into anxiety, you go into frustration, you go into fear, your body is getting ready for an attack, you you can go into rage. And if you don't learn, if you don't know how to self assess, and you're not able to uh, bring your nervous system back into a regulation, what will happen is your nervous system will then go down to the next ladder, which is the dorsal vagal, which is when you shut down. It's kind of like playing dead. You leave your body, you dissociate, you go, you become numb. You, Mm -hmm. there's like deep depression. You just- Is that like the freeze of fight? That's the freeze. freeze. Yeah, that's the freeze response. So that's the dorsal vagal. So if you don't know how to self-assess and how to move yourself up the ladder, you're going to get into a relationship with another human being who has a nervous system that of clearly they probably won't know how to self-assess and how to move themselves up. So somebody is sympathetic. One starts screaming at the other one, puts them into shutdown mode. This one wants to be heard. That's why they're screaming. This one nervous system because of their past trauma will go into a shutdown mode and they will check out and they will hide or they don't even know they go into a freeze this person is in terror so they go into freeze this person then feels the other one starts to feel like abandoned because this one's not talking and you have two nervous systems that are completely dysregulated both projecting the enemy on the other person and welcome to a toxic unconscious relationship. And so when you when you get this right, you'll start to learn how to self-regulate. And when you can self-regulate, you can then look at your partner, see where they're at and be able to help them as well. And you can then do what's called co-regulation, you know? So mm-hmm. um, you can, a relationship then becomes a space to heal, a space to grow and evolve together rather than an enemy that is uh, out to get you, uh, that is your adversary, that is somebody that you're narcissistic or codependent. You go through this trauma trauma bond and they uh, kind of like a victim perpetrator dance cycle that keeps happening within unconscious relationships and they fall apart and then your health falls apart. And so you go to the doctor and 
you're kind of given pills, but what I like to do is just kind of give people really the groundwork, the information of how the nervous system functions, how to self-assess, how to self-regulate. And when you do, you can now have the foundation to create a conscious relationship. Hmm. I think that's such a beautiful way of looking at it. And it makes so much sense. Um, I feel like that's something that we kind of, uh, subconsciously understand, but it's not ever put in a, in an, it's not explained like that. No. And when you look at it like that, it's like, of course, you know, it just yeah. makes sense. You um, can create a conscious relationship rather than yeah. sit there hoping that you meet the right person. You become the right person. And then you attract another right person at that same level of vibe that you're at. And then if you have the tools, you can handle conflict and adversity uh, in a very uh, productive way, which doesn't involve, you know, uh, getting knocked back into your wound and then you become your, you know, five-year-old self, two five-year-olds arguing, which is really what happens when uh, we get into uh, conflict. Mm. Completely. And I, I find too that, um, you know, as, as you work through different relationships in your life, and I truly believe that every relationship you have is a lesson to be learned on both parts. Um, that oftentimes when we're in difficult relationship to- or toxic relationships, um, it, it, we can look at it sort of as a mirror back to us of where our system is regulated and the, the work that we've done on ourselves. And um, I, I think that if there is someone in a relationship that is that knows how to self-regulate and the other person doesn't yet, that um, it, it can still be less. It, it can still be less toxic, and and there's there's work to be done for sure. But um, I think that that person can absolutely help the other person get to where they need to be. But um, not in like a forceful, like I'm trying to change you kind of way. Right. Like mm-hmm. they, there can be, um, more participation from both sides without feeling like the other one is like trying to fix. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, a lot of times people reach out and they're complaining about their partner being a certain way. And, um, this work is individual. You can't force somebody to go heal their own wounds. But if you take on the work, a rising tide lifts all boats and two things will happen. The other person will actually be so amazed and say, hey, I want I want to learn how to do that for me or, um, you know, you do the work of healing and then they um, you you no longer want to tolerate Uh, an unconscious relationship, a person who isn't willing to kind of, uh, you know, pull their own weight and take responsibility themselves. So in an ideal situation, you have both parties taking full responsibility for their own healing work. Um, And that's not often the case. So in the moment, in those times where it's like, should I stay? Should I go? You, what you do is you just go all in in healing your own attachment wounds yeah. And then what'll happen is the answer will come. We've had many times where one person does the work and then they they become stronger. And then of course, other times where one person does the work, uh, they get back together for a while and they continue. And then now they're certain about wanting to separate and leave rather than being kind of in purgatory, not mm-hmm. sure. 
uh, after on the other side of healing your attachment wounds, you now know you're leaving, but you're not leaving from a place of resentment and anger. You're leaving from a ventral vagal state where you're actually moving towards something that you're more uh, drawn to, not a person, but a life that you want to create. And, and then you can separate and unconsciously and, and, and couple, uncouple consciously. Mm-hmm. Consciously uncoupling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah those, that trendy word, but it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you, I'm curious, how are you seeing this um this play out in uh the community like a a larger uh, relationship rather than just like a single person on person like are you seeing this um also ripple out into you know community um toxic relationships you know especially in regards to what we're seeing go on right now with uh, racism black lives everything well this is this is this is a universal thing um, when you really understand the nervous system, then it works in any system. So in a work environment, like me and my team, we all know each other. We have conscious relationships because we're aware of each other's woundings. And we know, you know, when I get upset, I go into sympathetic and I charge. Yeah. <laughs> my team, when they uh, get triggered, they go into shutdown. So being able to recognize the tells, even in your facial expressions, is a very useful tool, especially if you're working in an environment. When you understand the nervous system this way, you you really can understand why people react the way that they do. And everyone right now is, especially with the coronavirus, has been suppressed, suppressed, suppressed. They're in a fight or flight or freeze. And then all of a sudden they watch a black man get murdered uh, with police brutality at the hands of a white cop on video. And now, boom, the collective is now, it's not really about George Floyd. What's happening is it's generations 400 years of suppressed anger and rage is now coming out. That's what the riots are all about. Mm-hmm. It's it's an actual expression of not just this event. This We're talking years and years, always going back to slavery. It's now coming out. And now the, the good news is, is that it, what's changing is that now uh, people of all colors are joining in. It's not just, it's, it's like the protests are not just black people protesting. It's now everyone's, you know, wanting to get in on it. So it's an expression of the, the, the repressed uh, nervous system dysregulation that just got activated. So this is universal. Yeah, it's so true. And I think too, now, one of the reasons that, um, we're seeing that, you know, activists are saying this is, this is the time, like we are, this is the generation to do this. And like the idea that, you know, I've seen memes about like, you know, you fucked with the wrong generation kind of thing is that mm-hmm. these, the people now, I think um, this work is more commonplace, like doing the self-development work and understanding the energy body and, and triggers and traumas and these kinds of things that people are more self-aware um, and they're more understanding that they can, know they can know what triggers them they can understand the other person there's there's greater empathy i think in the world now than there has been for a long time um that i think contributes to the ferocity of this movement um and the change that we're seeing happening yeah absolutely it's it's the time the the younger generation is now like you know, with, with social media now you, you were when you were born there was there was internet when you were born 
right? Yeah. So when, you know, the internet came out when I was just in university, right? So it's like, now the information is spreading so fast, like this concept, these concept of division and races and all that stuff. This is the, it's changing. This is part of, you know, this is part of a, a revolution that's happening in the world. And so this is the right, perfect timing for something like this. It's boiling over now. So we're going to see systemic shifts happening after, after this, this whole year has been uh, perfect for that. It's like an upheaval of all the old, the old regime, the old ways of doing things have now been uprooted. And now we're like, all right, we're, it's like, we're starting all over again. We can reset it properly this time. My suggestion is, is that if we don't take this time now to go heal our own ancestral woundings, we will be carrying them forward again and again and again. We will keep repeating the patterns. We will keep seeing it again and again. Uh, we'll see it wherever we go, even when it's not even there. Yep. And that's a, that's a great segue into the next question I have, which is like, how, how do the, because it's not just personal trauma, the individual's experience of their life so far. It is mm -hmm. historical, ancestral trauma, um, mm -hmm. uh, intergenerational. And so can you speak a bit more about that and how um, it may be subconscious that we're holding on or how that oh, manifests? Yeah. Absolutely. It is, it is unconscious. Everything that you've gone through from the, from the moment you were, uh, from the moment you were conceived to the age of eight, your unconscious mind is gathering all this information from your parents, from the society. It's like every, every one of your beliefs get stored and trapped in your body from, you know, when you have zero with zero conscious effort. So you're programmed from a very young age to, you know, well, you're afraid of, oh, don't, don't go to that area because, you know, don't, don't touch dogs because they're dangerous. You know, so if you have a, a parent who has a fear of dogs and you're like five years old, you're walking down the street uh, and then a dog passes by and your mother goes, oh my God, grabs you and runs. All of a sudden you've now downloaded her fear into your unconscious mind in that mm -hmm. moment without any effort. It's just there, right? So our healing happens when we just start to unpack all of that and realize that we think we have control, but it's not, we, we never had control in the first place. There was no real control. We have been controlled and dominated by these old unconscious, unconscious programming. Yeah. Uh, and it's not your fault. It's not your parents' fault, but it's this matrix. It's like this matrix that we're a part of and we must step out of it and observe it first and realize that we all have these implicit biases and, um, just recognizing them first that I have them. I have this bias that Chinese people aren't great drivers, that white people can't dance, that black people are lazy, that Persian uh, Muslims are terrorists. Or, like all of these is like, I have these biases. This is what I have. I acknowledge it. That's the first step. We don't mm. want to do that because there's a lot of guilt and shame in doing yeah. that. Okay, yeah. that's fine that's what's going to perpetuate it. So by bringing them out, calling them out and being able to identify them, we now have the opportunity to go back and start to connect to those younger parts of us yep. that have trauma and just on a grassroots level, on an individual level to learn how to regulate ourselves when we get triggered. That's it. And this is what I call becoming trigger proof. 
And there are five steps to doing this, to solving this. And the first step is to acknowledge these biases, to acknowledge that all of these patterns that we're living, whether it's through relationships, we create codependency relationships, we have racism, we have whatever has been downloaded onto us. So we don't have to live in guilt and shame or start to beat ourselves up or beat our parents up because it didn't start with them either. Let's just let's just acknowledge that this has been an unconscious matrix that we are born into. Great. Yeah. Step one. Number one, you got to learn how to regulate that nervous system. You got to unfuck your nervous system. You've been completely holding on to this fear and this lack of safety that's in your body that you yourself are responsible for healing. We have breath work, there's chiropractic, there's exercise, there's meditation. Living according to your highest values is very important because like right now, teaching is one of my highest values. So I put that into my schedule. I have a lot of teaching events into my schedule because I know that when I'm living according to my highest values, it's an expression of who I am. My nervous system becomes more regulated. I feel like I'm more aligned with my true self. Totally. Then uh, you must, number two, you must clear your past resentments. <laughs> this is the very difficult thing is that the more resentment I'm carrying, the resentment is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yep. And the thing is, is these resentments and these grievances we carry with us like badges of honor, but they're actually destroying our nervous system. They're destroying our digestive system. They're destroying our immune and our sleep. These are very important functions in our body that um, resentment we need to clear. And that's why I created the overview method. The overview method is a tool for clearing resentment oh, okay. and trauma. And so we take that past and we clear that resentment and trauma. Great. Perfect. Clearing that. The next part that we have to do is we have to learn how to dance with what I call the dark passenger, the shadow, the mm -hmm. part of our uh, psyche that uh, these voices that say you're not enough, you're not good enough, you weren't, you know, you, you, you're not worthy of love, that didn't start with us. These are the meanings that our egos have made to protect that wounded inner child to keep us safe. We need to start to change the relationship with it and become the observer to it. And then the next step is to learn how to empathically communicate with our younger selves that we've abandoned. So empathic communication with our younger selves with our inner child. <laughs> and once you've learned how to do that, all of a sudden empathy transforms and you're able to empathically communicate with others. Yeah. And then the last part to do this is community and mentorship. So you do definitely need a guide through this process. And so that's the kind of model that I've created that helps you bring more presence and awareness and understanding and authenticity and self-love into the whole equation and that's my journey your journey where it's all our hero's journey to do yeah that's what I love teaching people how to yeah. do yeah that's great I love that breakdown of it um and it, it very much aligns with um some of the the research that I've been doing just the past few days and wanting to understand some of the psychology behind um behind racism to begin with and and all forms whether it's from the most extreme um overt forms of racism and, and the violence that we've seen but it, it also just um, sort of the unconscious, like not racist forms of racism, you know, not racist being you're not actively anti-racist, but you're just sort of 
complicit and passive in the matter. Um, but how it all has to, it, it ultimately does boil down to this presence or lack of self-love. Um, and it kind of seems like, you know, it's, we're all taking it back to this sort of trendy term of self-love that's all over the place, but it's, it's self-love and self-acceptance and, and understanding, um, your own self sense of identity. And that like, as a basic human need, because, because racism is a human rights issue, it's not a political issue, it's human rights. And when you look at that, that's built upon human needs and the need to belong and feel like you, I, that feel that you um, are accepted for for who you are, and when that's deprived of us, we feel the need to belong to something greater than ourselves. And oftentimes, that need and desire can overpower our common sense, our values, um, the things that we actually we stand for, because we just want to belong so badly. Um, and sometimes that that can evolve all the way to overt racism, but oftentimes it evolves to covert racism and fearing speaking up, fearing saying something because you don't want to be seen as um, as standing up or, or ruffling any feathers or anything like that, because you just want to belong and you want to fit in. Um, but I think the more that we can, as you say, the more that we can be confident in who we are and self-accept and know our place and know our worth without having to identify with something outside of ourselves, then we have that ability to show up for others because we're showing up for ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Um, so I agree that that's completely all where it starts. hundred percent. Yeah, that's it showing up for ourselves first is is a really great catchphrase but very few people know how to do that like clinically and so i had to answer that i mean it sounds sounds good on a meme sounds yeah. good to say but in right. practicality the second you get triggered you will self abandon you will not yep. show up for yourself this a trigger is actually a self abandonment uh, what i've discovered uh, when you get triggered immediately you are conditioned to abandon yourself, leave your body, to make other people more of a priority than you. And that's deep conditioning. And one of the things that I teach is how to turn that around. And that's what becoming trigger-proof is all about. It doesn't yeah. mean becoming trigger-less. It just means to widen that gap from stimulus and response so that you can choose your own reality rather than have it chosen for you from your own unconscious complexes and traumas. Mm. Absolutely. And, and can you sort of uh, give us a rundown of um, the, what, what did you call it? The over something? The overview, the overview, overview. method. Yeah. yeah. The overview method is basically a, um, a mind and body inquiry tool that uses the trigger, any trigger that you're going through, any anxiety that you're going through as the access portal to going in and finding those younger parts of yourself that this is related to. So there's a there's there's an anxiety that's happening in front of you, but there's also a background anxiety that this front anxiety is related to. Yeah. And the overview method uses this front anxiety as a portal to go into the background one, which is a, a younger self version of you that the trauma is still stored in your body and as a reconnection with that younger part of you that you abandoned for safety yep. in service of approval, in service of having your needs met, you know? So we go there and then we, we reparent that wounded child. We change the story. We bring them. It's kind of like 
the communication between them. It's kind of like an act of meditation where you communicate with that younger part and the wisdom that you give that younger self is the same wisdom that you're needing in this moment moving forward into the unknown. So it's a really powerful tool that accesses your inner navigation system, your inner guidance so that you can move and navigate the unknown from your internal voice rather than be drowned by external voices. That's really what the overview method's all about. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it, it also, it seems to really highlight um, the idea of self-compassion mm-hmm. um, and being able to hold that space for yourself in a, in a non-judgmental way where you have addressed any resentments that you hold on that previous self mm-hmm. and acknowledging that any of those, those defense mechanisms that you used to have at once served you. And you can be grateful for them and not be like, oh, like, why did I ever do that or think that or act that way? Totally. And, and hold, hold on to that because that also prevents your healing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and so with the, uh, this method and that, so it fits into your, your sort of five steps that you talked about it's earlier. all of them too it's all of them in one <laughs> so the method is the mastery it's a tool that you pra- that we practice together as a group yeah. uh you know i i train people in which covers all five of those points it's like mm. it's an integration of all of those things regulating the nervous system clearing a past resentment uh dancing with that shadow the dark passenger ego empathically communicating with self and the other and community so it pr- pretty much brings it all together in one. Got it. And do you see a way that this can be sort of integrated 